welcome to The Conjunction with Nelia Tinga. The junction where worship, culture and creativity meet. What's good, everybody? You are tuned into the Conjunction Podcast, where worship, culture, and creativity meet. My name is Nelly Atinga, and if you are tuned in for the first time, man, welcome. If you are tuned in for not the first time, well, I wanted to welcome you also, and I'm so glad you came back. Uh, I'm sitting here in beautiful, sunny Queensland. It is stunningly beautiful today. But in saying that, I'd love your prayers. I'd love your prayers for what's happening here. Uh, there is a lot of forest fires happening in this state and also in New South Wales, the state that's south of us, where Sydney's situated. Uh, I'd love for you to pray because there's been major forest fires and we haven't had much rain uh, over the last few weeks. And so please do continue to pray for rain. Uh, the fires have affected a lot of land. Uh, people have lost their homes and there's been a few deaths. So if you could, Spare some time to pray. Pray for rain. Pray for the firefighters. Uh, just pray that we'd be able to see these fires stop out here. But in saying that, I wanted to bring some good news to balance this all out. And uh, while it's more personal for me, I'm really blessed to say that I finally finished all of the coursework for my master's degree from Wheaton College. And so I wanted to shout out my whole Every Nation cohort who finished all of our coursework, and I'm really excited to finally graduate. So that's the reason why these podcasts have been a little more sporadic. Uh, so anyway, um, I'm really excited to, to, to bring you some more uh, podcasts. And on these podcasts, we love to answer questions, questions that pertain to uh, worship, culture, and creativity. So if you have any such questions, uh, please do email them to me at conjunctionpodcast at gmail.com. That's conjunctionpodcast at gmail.com. I've been getting a ton of great questions and I'll eventually get to all of them or as many as I can because uh, we'd love to see how we can serve you and help you in your cultural setting. So in saying that I finished the coursework for this degree, one of my cohort actually sent in this great question that I wanted to share with you. Uh, Pastor David Hermes out there in Colorado and Hope Valley Church there. Uh, I wanted to give you his question as the question that we'll discuss today. Check it out. Hey, Pastor Nelly, this is David Hermes. I'm the senior pastor of Hope Valley Church in Denver, Colorado. We're an Every Nation Church plant in the process of launching our service over the next six months or so. My question is about the church planting context or a small church context and how you bridge the gap between the large vision that's in your heart for what you want to see happen in your worship and song and worship and music in your overall worship experience, but you still don't have the people resources or the equipment resources or the financial resources to see that become a reality at this time. I uh, appreciate your help. I appreciate your input, your insights, your perspective, and your help. Thank you for your love and your friendship. I look forward to hearing your answer. Peace. Shout out to Pastor David Hermes out there in Colorado. What a great question. I think uh, this question is something that a lot of people are asking as they plant churches. It can be intimidating, right? Especially if you're sent from a church that has a strong worship ministry and then you're sent to plant a church only to realize that you're limited with resource, you're limited with skills, you're limited just in the capacity of being able to create or even think about recreating what you just came from. Or you come from a conference, you come from a multi-million dollar 
conference and then you see that on that stage are LED lights, LED screens, LED on the floor of the stage and you see about 20 vocalists on the stage and that's not counting the choir. You see 10 guitarists with like the latest guitars and drums and samplers and then on top of all that they still run multi-tracks you know like you're seeing all of this production these laser lights and just this vibrant environment and then you go to your house church and then you go to your church plant and it's just you a guitar with five strings and about 30 people of which only 10 of them can really see and sing in key <laughs> that can be the situation you might find yourself in so in saying that, we must ask the question, what is absolutely necessary for us to create this environment for worship in our church, no matter what the size is? And then how do we build out into the vision of what you as a senior pastor or you as a worship leader might envision for your church and your church's worship expression? Now, this may be different in different settings. So... For instance, you might think, okay, the vision of this house is to plant multiple sites that aren't necessarily huge. So you might go to a more multi-site model where you're thinking, okay, if it's more community-based and community is the value that we want to emphasize, is it therefore necessary to turn the lights down? Is it therefore necessary for all of this lighting on the stage? Is it therefore necessary if the value is we want to create environments for all of the community to be seen as worshiping and as worship leaders? Or are we focusing on that which is on the stage and merely watching a performance? Uh, and it might not necessarily be a performance, but if the attention is given to the stage, you've really got to ask the question, why? If that's the model you're going for. If you're going for more of a large church model, then I can see the reason why you'd want to push for that in the future if you're wanting to build out a bigger location with more people. Uh, but then you really need to ask the questions too with regards to participation in worship. How do you draw that out if what we light up on stage or what we give emphasis to on stage is deemed as that which we place most value in. And this is the opportunity that you have as a church planter or you have if you are in a smaller church is to create that environment foundationally so that as the worship culture develops within your church, you're able to set a precedence for everything that follows. So I'd ask the question, what is absolutely necessary? If participation is the objective, participation in worship through your congregation, then you need to consider as a worship leader, if I was a worship leader, the tools, what are the tools that I would use to be able to create that environment? So I'd start as a worship leader of one of three options, four if you're really uh, strapped for resource. Uh, the, the fourth one would be a cappella with no instrumentation, but the three options that I would have is, number one, you'd either go with a piano or a keyboard of some sort as your primary instrument. Number two, you would use a guitar, preferably acoustic or rhythm guitar of some sort. And then number three, if you don't have an instrumentalist that can play either of those two instruments, and I'll get to the reasons why those two instruments, uh, then you would probably look at the option of going the instrumental route using either MP3s or using video tools. There's plenty of them online 
that give you the lyrics or give you the instrumental platform for you to be able to just sing over the top as a congregation. Those, those are all fine. They work. They have their uh, advantages and disadvantages. So moving to keyboards. Why keyboards? Keyboards are good because they're chordal instruments and they have dynamics. The Italian word where we get piano from, is the, the full name is pianoforte, which is soft loud. So you're able to control dynamics and in a much fuller range of frequencies because you've got uh, anywhere between 41 that's it, to 88 keys to be able to control that environment. And so that's why my first choice would be piano or keyboard. Uh, that's because I'm a piano and a keyboard player. But then the disadvantages that they're not as portable as a guitar, which is the second option. The guitar is a chordal instrument. It's portable. You can take it anywhere. And so if you're in a house church or if you're out, you know, leading worship out in a field somewhere, it's a lot easier to take a guitar wherever you go. So the guitar is also um, blessed with a number, uh, quite a range. If you have a good rhythm guitarist, a guitarist that can play strong rhythm, then you may want to consider the acoustic guitar or a rhythm guitar of some sort. And if you don't have that to as your basis for instrumentation, then you can move into more of the option of using the instrumental. But the, the disadvantage to that then becomes that you are restricted to whatever uh, is on that that mp3 so because the mp3 uh, the person that's playing on the on the mp3 or the music file that you have or the video is not conscious it's not looking out into your congregation or your group to see if everybody's engaging in worship or not so they don't control the dynamic they're just you're just playing an mp3 there are tools that you can use uh, you can use apps that have what you call um, pads, sustain pads. And so you, you just find out what key your MP3 is in, and then you would link up in between songs by just pressing a pad, a synth pad, that would be in the key of either the following song or the song you just finished. And those sorts of tools help you to link up uh, songs in between because there's nothing more awkward than finishing an MP3 or a video track and having nothing there while you're switching tracks. So those are the three foundational options that I would have for instrumentation. Now, as the worship leader, there are things that you need to consider. Usually as a worship leader, and in my own experience, when I've led worship at larger conferences or larger churches or larger venues, uh, you can push for a higher key normally because it creates more dynamic and fervor um, in terms of the feel of the music. But if you are in a smaller setting, is that really necessary? If you're trying to draw out participation from people, can you do with lowering the key and not dominating the way that you lead? So you lead the song, but give plenty of space for others to participate, but controlling the dynamic of how people sing. So the question, right, you, you also need to ask yourself, do I really need amplification if I'm playing a guitar and the group is about 30 people? And that determines the size of the room. So there's all sorts of sorts of questions that you need to be asking. Are we fooling ourselves to think that we need a huge PA system with an LED screen and we've only got 20 people sitting in the pews every Sunday or every time you meet? You want to create an environment where the people that are coming uh, can engage in worship. And so those are some of the questions that obviously open up to us when we start to consider what worship might look like. So we, we need to ask what the win is. 
The other thing you need to keep in mind is when you're in a smaller group, all eyes are on you and on everybody else. And so you don't lead worship like you are on a stage in front of thousands of people. Lead worship by engaging with people. Shorten the distance and understand that you are at an opportune time to create a foundational culture of worship in your church setting. And there's no better time to do that than right at the start. So that's how I do that. Here's what we're enjoying right now. Because sharing is caring. I ever break a promise to you? I will put you in the driver's seat at Le Mans. If you just shut your mouth and let me do my thing. All right. Ford versus Ferrari is easily one of my favorite films this year with uh, James Mangold masterfully directing this movie. Uh, some of you might recognize his name as the director of films like Girl Interrupted. Some of you might remember him from Walk the Line. Uh, he directed that film with Joaquin Phoenix. And of course, his last film was Logan. This movie, what makes it special, even though when you read the IMDb page about what it's about, it may not necessarily appeal to you. This is what it says. An American car designer, Carol Shelby, who is played by Matt Damon, and driver Ken Miles, played by Christian Bale. They battle a corporate interference, the law of physics, and their own personal demons to build a revolutionary race car for Ford and challenge Ferrari at the 24 Hours at Le Mans in 1966. I don't know about you, but when I read that description, it doesn't really appeal to me that much. But I'm here to tell you that it is one of the best balances of a feel-good story with great performances, such masterful direction. I mean, it's rare that you get that balance because you usually swing it one way where it becomes like a sports movie and if you have the feel-good and they score the touchdown in the end. It's not quite that. At the same time, you've got two very masterful performances in the lead here with Matt Damon and Christian Bale. Christian Bale, we last saw him on the movie Vice, where he played Dick Cheney the, and, and, and gained a lot of weight while he's lost it all here. And uh, it's, it's, it's a great movie where you're seeing, uh, and, and for those of you who don't necessarily gravitate towards race cars, don't worry, this is not necessarily a Fast and Furious type film. It has a feel-good feel story that explores the dynamics of relationships, uh, of family, and even leadership dynamics. So I highly recommend this movie. I highly recommend it, even if you don't like cars. Uh, you're, you're gonna take something away from this film, trust me. And I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. And if you do have any more questions or you have any comments, please feel free to email me. But my email for the Conjunction Podcast is conjunctionpodcast at gmail.com. That's conjunctionpodcast at gmail.com. With any questions that you might have regarding worship, creativity, and culture, I'd love to hear from you. But that's going to do it for this episode of the Conjunction Podcast. Hope you have a great week ahead. God bless. Grace and peace. Thanks for joining for this episode. You can subscribe on iTunes or wherever you download your podcasts. Our heart is to serve. So if the conjunction has been a blessing to you, you can help by sharing. 
rating and reviewing this podcast on iTunes so that the people who might be served by the conjunction can find it. You can interact with Nelly on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Be inspired to create something great because he is. 